<laughs> oh, man. So they, I did not know they were doing that at nine, and it's a good thing I didn't have my pistol on me. Um, <laughs> would have been messy. So anyway, uh, no, it is incredible to think that after 10 years, this has been completed to see uh, $3 million raised, a million and a half of that going around the world from our community to the furthest community. It's also pretty amazing to see how much you can age in 10 years. That's pretty shocking <laughs> also. And when I, I saw that shirt, I was like, I, I cringe every time I know this video is going to be shown because I saw that shirt. I'm like, I'm a rhinestone cowboy, you know, and it's, it's just embarrassing. But, but God's been super faithful to us, and uh, it, it's amazing to see. And it's because of so many of you who've been so faithful. We, we've had people who just time after time after time over 10 years would just consistently and faithfully give. We had 70 different people who gave over $10,000 over 10 years. Uh, we had one couple that gave just hundreds of times, just faithfully. And, and it's amazing what we can do when God's working in us, when it's not just uh, you know, the, the staff or people doing this, but when we come together for the purposes of Jesus, it really is the church that Jesus said not even the gates of Hades can come against and stop. And so I want to say thank you, first of all, to all of those who've been a part of this. The other thing I want to say is we're not finished. Like God's just getting started. Um, we've been through a pandemic. We've been through all kinds of things. And this is what I know. <clears throat> God's not finished. God still desires to use you, to use me, to use us to change this community and fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And that's what we're going to keep doing. Until the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, we aren't finished. And we know we're going to continue to see salvations and baptisms as long as we stay true to the gospel and it remains all about Jesus. I can remember that morning when we announced this, literally standing in a hallway at Statesboro High School, and the Lord put this in my heart. And I've been wrestling with it because I never wanted us to just become about a building. I never wanted to raise money to build a building. I, I don't have a hard time uh, talking about needs and raising money for things that are outside the walls, but to raise money for sheetrock and metal, I, I just didn't feel good about that. And I remember that morning, the Lord putting that in my heart and being able to go to our staff and go to our, some of our elders and say, what do y'all think? And they were like, let's do it. It was literally a heart and soul moment where it was like, do all you have in mind, I'm with you heart and soul. And so we get up and we announce this and now 10 years later, we're standing here having seen it happen. And I wanna encourage you with this. It speaks to the faithfulness of God. If we'll step, when we hear God say step, God is faithful. We didn't see it the next day, even the next year or the next five years, but we've seen it. And God is always faithful, even when you don't feel him moving. As the song says, he's moving and he's doing something. And when we remain faithful and just keep stepping, we see the fulfillment of everything that he's promised. And today we're grateful for that. There's a lot of ministries that have been supported through one and one as you've seen. So we're like, well, what are we going to do to really help us stay focused on the outside so the cries on the inside don't become greater than the cries on the outside? And so we got really, really creative and we came up with two and two. Um, and we're not gonna do that, that would be stupid. But we are gonna do something called Inside Out. There's these little booklets, you can go get one at Next Steps out in the cafe area and, and it'll tell you in detail 
about all of these things that um, this will support. And so online and as you go to give, you're going to see it begin to change from one and one to inside out because we realize this, that the kingdom of God grows from the inside out. It doesn't grow just because we sit in here. It grows because we're the church out there. And so we want to keep this as a focus. And so I want you to see a little bit of what this is going to. The goal for 22 and 23 is to raise $200,000, every single dollar, not going to administrative expenses or anything else, going into the community to reach people, to, to minister to needs and to, to exalt Jesus. And so the first thing that it'll go to is local assistance, where we do church benevolence. People come in with needs. We try to meet those needs. Places like Acts and Action Pack that are community resources for people that we support consistently. Then you've got the school initiatives, things like Backpack Buddies, where we're able to, to put food in backpacks and they're given to children um, as they go home for the weekend because some of these children would not eat if it weren't for this food. We're able to give school supplies. We try to do that every year as school's starting and we also meet needs as counselors and different people call us. And one of the really amazing things is the hygiene items. We had a, on our heart to start this hygiene initiative and where God's opened the doors is in schools and we've had one of our um, people whose heart and soul here who've stepped out and taken this and right now, they've asked us to come into every middle school in Bullock County and meet these needs for children and uh, young, young teenagers who uh, need hygiene items, just things that many of us take for granted, soap and, and things, deodorant, things like that, some clothing and, and stuff that they need. It looks like if we can be faithful to what God's put in front of us, that next year we're going to be able to get into the high schools and do this. And hopefully after that, into the elementary schools. Can you imagine us being able to minister to this many children and teenagers throughout Bullock County? Thousands of kids and teenagers. And so we are really excited about that. There's other ministries. You heard John in the video talk about choices of the heart and foundations. These are ministries for women who find themselves pregnant. Maybe they're contemplating an abortion and they want to support and walk them through making a choice to keep their child and even support them as the, after that happens. That's what these organizations do. They also support women who made the choice to have an abortion and help them walk through um, the, the, what they're feeling after that. We've got things like New Beginnings in Christ, which is a, a recovery center in Garfield, Georgia. They do incredible work um, with men who have been uh, caught in addiction, stuck in addiction. And the results they have are incredible because it's all centered around Jesus. Campus Crusade, we have people in our church who work for Campus Crusade. We support them. It's a ministry on campus here at Georgia Southern. Guido Ministries, which some of you know, I'm working over there some. Got incredible things happening there with a prison ministry and also a Bible college that's over there that we really feel like can be a part of helping us plant 50 churches by the year 2050. And so these things are huge. We've also got the international stuff where we're sending people on short-term mission trips where um, there's missionary support for people like Shane Young who came out of our church and is, is even right now in North Africa with his new wife and they are over there determining where they're going to be for the rest of their lives. We have supported church planners. You saw this where we've got um, now uh, seven connection churches that have been started. 
and communities that are being transformed. And so we really see um, God doing amazing things in that. And then Cafe 1040, as John mentioned, where we're supporting people who are training and going into the most unreached people groups in the world. Then we got Esther's place um, with Tanya and Lori. They're sitting right down here. You're taking this and run with it or doing a great job ministering to women. We wanna be able to continue to support them in their efforts and what they're doing. And then we've got the Connection Network, which is all the network of churches. And we wanna see more churches started. We believe that the local church is the hope of the world because Jesus is the hope of the world. And when you plan a church, it's the best way you can do is to reach new people. The best thing you can do is to plan a church where there needs to be a church, whether it's just down the road or around the world. And so these are some of the things that we are super, super excited about to see what God is going to do. And again, you can get one of these. It'll tell you more about it um, and what all we feel the Lord's called us to. It'll give you more detail, but we're really excited about this. Man, I can't imagine what God's gonna do in the next 10 years, right? After all we've seen happen in the last 10 years. And so super excited about that. Um, pray that we'll be as faithful to this as we have been to one in one and just seeing God do incredible things. Our heart, and, and as you've heard, the series we've been in is in, until every person knows. And our heart is that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And it won't happen though, as I said earlier, by just sending money. We also have to realize that we've been sent, that we're sent to carry the gospel into the world. Right now, I have exactly 20 minutes to tell you all about how that happens, right? So you're gonna have to listen fast. I've never preached a message, I don't think, in 20 minutes. I had 19 at nine, didn't make it. But we're gonna shoot for it because I wanna talk about the fact that we do have to be sent ourselves, not just to send money. That is incredible and it's awesome to be able to plant other churches. But what I want you to realize is that you have been called, gifted, and sent to go make disciples, to go and see other people become followers in Christ and to grow up into who Jesus designed them to be and for them to begin to make disciples. And so I want us to look at this beginning in Acts chapter six with a man by the name of Stephen. In Acts one and two, the church is birthed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we see the church formed. Um, they begin to undergo incredible works of God through salvations, but they also begin to undergo persecution. And we come to this man by the name of Stephen. He was selected as one of the people who would help uh, meet the needs of some of the widows, but God begins to raise him up and use him in mighty ways. Listen to what it says in verse eight. It says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. Listen to this, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Now look over in chapter 7, verse 51. Let me tell you a little bit of what happened. Because of Stephen's preaching of the gospel, um, he got the honorable distinction of being stoned to death because of the message that he preached. I wanna give you a little taste of how this message went. He went all the way back in history to the point where God's people began to be carved out. The Jewish people began to be carved out to be his people and bring Jesus into the world. 
But listen to how this message ends, and you'll understand a little bit about why he, they, they didn't really like it and why he was stoned to death. Verse 51, he says, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have received the law. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. And so he preaches this message. He's really laying it out there for them. It goes on. He is taken outside the city. He's stoned to death. Look at verse one of chapter eight. It says, and Saul approved of their killing of him. This is who in chapter nine, Saul becomes Paul, a persecutor of the church becomes an apostle of Christ. But listen to what happened because of this persecution. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Let's pray and we'll get into this. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's truth. I thank you, Lord, that even in the next few minutes, you would speak to our hearts to challenge and encourage us to, to be disciple makers, to go into the world and do ministry on your behalf, to exalt you in our community Lord, to lead others to follow you. I thank you for that, God. Lord, I thank you that you can do more in a moment than we can do in a thousand years and that you would speak to us through the working of your Holy Spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this, now Jesus over in Acts chapter one, right before he went to heaven, Jesus tells them very clearly that when you receive the Holy Spirit and he comes upon you, then you're gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. He has very clearly told them, when you receive the Spirit, you're to go. But what's interesting is they are still in Jerusalem. They still haven't been stepped outside. They still haven't gone to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this makes me think about how a lot of times we don't change or do things that we know we should be doing until the cost of not changing becomes greater than the comfort we're enjoying, right? And so think about this. We know we should eat good, but how many of us do it? We can find a million reasons to rationalize eating a brownie or a cookie or ice cream. We can find a million reasons. And then it's only when we walk in the doctor's office and the doctor says, if you don't quit eating brownies, you're gonna die. And we go, okay, I'll quit eating brownies. The whole time we know we shouldn't eat that. We shouldn't eat French fries. As much as I love French fries, why couldn't that be like eating broccoli? As much as we love it, we know better, but it's not until something happens that causes us to to do something different. And what we see here is God in the stoning of Stephen uses this event and the persecution that broke out from it to get them to do what they already knew they were supposed to be doing. And so when this persecution breaks out, it's interesting that Luke is very specific in noting that all except the apostles were scattered. 
You know what that tells us? Is that disciple making, um, leading other people to follow Jesus, teaching them um, how to follow Jesus and how to lead other people to follow Jesus is not the work of the professionals, right? As we're sometimes called, it's the work of the entire body. The, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, but everybody else, it says in verse four, were scattered and wherever they went, they preached and proclaimed the gospel. And so we see this taking place, God using this to cause this to happen. The interesting thing was, listen, that they were already being persecuted before chapter seven and eight. And I think in some ways that might've been what was hindering them from spreading, not fear, but being consumed with their own situation. So think about this. Many times when we know we're supposed to go into the community to make disciples, whether at work, whether at, the, at, at recreation, whatever we're doing, this is our, our goal to be looking for opportunity. But what happens so many times is we may even be well-intentioned, but life gets busy. Our, our own life begins to get busy. The concerns of life begin to consume us. And it becomes like what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, the concerns of life and, the, and the, the, the desire for wealth begin to choke out the life of God in us. And so we don't do what we know God's called us to do, even many times when we are well-intentioned. And I believe right here, God had to send a wake-up call. And I hope that for some of us, look, I don't know that a great persecution is gonna break out in here today, but here's what I do hope, is that for us this morning would be a wake-up call to see the faithfulness of God through one and one, to be able to celebrate all that we've seen today through baptism, that today the Spirit of God would work in a, this way that wakes us up to realize we can go and do this because it's what God's called us to do that he's called, equipped, and sent us to go make disciples and that we would begin to realize because we have been so conditioned to this that it is not just about what happens in here, that Jesus gave us a twofold mandate and it's very clear in scripture. One mandate is this, to care for those inside. It is very clear. The other mandate is this, to go into all nations and make disciples. That too is very clear. They are both mandates. In other words, they are so clear to us that there are two options, obedience and disobedience. And we need to realize that. And we need to get outside the walls. See, when we first started the church, it was pretty obvious we had to reach people. When we started, we didn't start out with like 150, 200 people showing up the first, the first day. In fact, we met on a Monday night. There were seven people. People ask me all the time, is it hard to preach in front of seven, 800 people? I'm like, no, it's hard to preach in front of seven when five of them are your family. And you're just like, all right, here we go. But we knew it was a felt need, like we gotta reach people or this isn't gonna work. But what happens is as it begins to grow and more people come in, the cries on the inside can begin to dwell, drown out the cries on the outside. And that's why we see churches that were once flourishing and reaching people turn into these holy huddles. They gather, call the play, but they never break the huddle to go run the play. And we don't, we don't have to be that way. 
We can do what God has sent us to do, just like these disciples. I guarantee you, people like Stephen and Philip that you read about later, they had no idea how God was going to use them simply because they listened to God and do what, did what he said. I guarantee you, as Stephen's looking up to heaven and committing his spirit to God, and these rocks are pelting him, he had no idea that we'd be standing here or sitting here today listening to what he did. Because under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke wrote this down to encourage us to go. It's really incredible. The Lord spoke to me yesterday and it really convicted me because I think this is true of all of us to some degree at different times. But I felt like yesterday the Lord said to me, Brandon, there's too many Judases in the church and not enough people like Jesus. There's too many people who are like Judas and not enough people who are like Jesus. And what I mean by this is that, is that Judas saw Jesus as someone who had come to, to meet his agenda, to do what he wanted him to do, to give him a place of blessing, to give him a place of prestige, to give him a position in the kingdom. He thought he was to come and overthrow the Romans and free them from oppression. And he ends up betraying Christ because he realized he's not doing this. Some people think he actually betrayed him to try to force him to do it. Certainly if they go arrest him and they're gonna kill him, he'll, he'll cause this rise up and, and we'll be free. But Jesus didn't come for that. But so many people today in church, we look for Jesus to, to, to give us a blessing. We look for Jesus to give us a place of prestige, a place of notoriety. We look for Jesus to, to do everything for us but what we forget is that when we come to Christ, we weren't just brought here to be saved. We were brought here to go. And so many times we forget that Jesus, who had all the rights of God, who was God, laid down, emptied himself of, his, of the godness in him. And even though he was God, the Bible tells us he emptied himself of that and took the form of a servant, of a slave and became humble and obedient even to death, death on a cross. And Jesus came to serve, to make a way for the people in the world to come to God, a way for people to be forgiven, but not just forgiven, to be set free and not set free to do what we wanna do, but set free to do what we were created to do. Just fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. How do we change this? How, do we, how does this happen? To me, I believe it's coming to this realization of our purpose and what God has done for us to be able to fulfill that purpose, that our purpose is greater than sitting here. Listen to me, college students, right now, your purpose is greater than just sitting in this room. God's called you to go back on that campus and make disciples. This is what I can tell you, college students. There are people on your campus, there are people in here right now who've come today who are hurting and they need something that is real. And you have the answer. For those who are working in jobs, who have children, you've got a purpose and it's greater. We need to realize this purpose. 
The other thing that we have to realize is that God has given us everything we need to fulfill that purpose. Now, we have to continue to grow up into it, but he's given it to us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. He's called us to go. He's not looking for you to get it perfect. He's not looking for you to give him perfection. He's looking for you just to give him effort, just to yield yourself to him. And this is what I can tell you. If you will do that, he will do more in and through you than you could possibly imagine. Do you think when we were sitting in a pond house with seven people, again, five who were family and knew they were obligated to be there, do you think that this was ever in our minds? Do you think that seven churches starting was ever in our mind? Do you think that trying to plant 50 churches in what will that be, 28 years? Was ever in our mind? No. But you know what was in our mind? Creating a place that was real where imperfect people could come and hear the gospel. And we just believe scripture that says, if you lift him up and exalt him, he'll draw people to himself. And you know what, know what the secret to growth is? The secret to growth is the gospel. And you don't have to get it perfect. I think about things I've said in the past and I'm like, I'm, I'm totally embarrassed by that. I don't even know if that was biblical. But you know what? I'm growing too. None of us get this perfect, but we know this, God has given us a clear purpose and he's given us his Holy Spirit and he's given us access to him and he's given us his word so that we can go and do the things that he's called us to do. I wish like before football games, you know, sometimes people would just come up and they'll just grab each other and they're just like, ah, headbutt each other. Art Russell used to do that way back when Georgia Southern football started. Except he wasn't wearing a helmet. And he'd run up and he'd headbutt them to get them going. And he'd have blood running down his head. And I don't know why, but that just fires you up, right? It's kind of like gladiator. Boy, let's go. And so he, he, did, he did that. And sometimes I just wish, I wish like I could just go down each row and just like, wham, let's go. Right? Wham. Because it's in you. If you are a Christian, it is in you. It is not beyond you to fulfill the purpose of God in making disciples, in knowing him and growing in him and falling deeper and deeper in love with him. It is in you to lead others to that. But you gotta take a step of faith. You gotta try. You just gotta yield. You gotta just give him the effort. And watch what God does with it. It is doable. I know it's doable because God wouldn't have told us it is if it wasn't. And when we break this huddle today in about three minutes, it's going to be a little longer than that, spoiler alert. When we break this huddle, guess what? We can go do this. We can go do this. You don't need to tell them to call me. You don't need to just bring them to a service. That's great. But you have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God and God will use you. And there is nothing more incredible than knowing you are doing what God created you to do and he's using you in it. 
If you want to find satisfaction, step into what you were created for. When we look at this, in Acts chapter 6, the very first verses we read, we're looking at Stephen's life here, and it's telling us a little bit about Stephen in Acts 6, 8. And I want to encourage you, kind of give you a charge, so to speak, with these verses. Because the first thing I want you to see in verse 8 is that Stephen was a man who was called to wait on tables, to give the widows their food. And yet we see right here that he was full of God's grace and power. He was a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And he performed great wonders and signs among the people. Here's my first charge to you. Don't underestimate what God can and will do through you. The second thing in verse 9, it tells us that opposition arose. As you begin to step into what God has put before you, understand this, you will have opposition. You know why I look like a baby in that video and why I look like I'm 75 years old now? You know I got bags under my eyes? Because there's opposition. There's opposition, it's not easy, but nothing worth doing is easy. When we get done with this life, I want you to hear this. We should have some scars. There should be some, some, some tough things we went through for the gospel. Because you know what? When we get there, it's all gonna be worth it. Don't be surprised by opposition. The next thing we see that they couldn't stand up in verse 10 against the wisdom that the Spirit gave him as he spoke. See, when you begin to step into this, there's gonna be butterflies. There's gonna be times you feel awkward about inviting a couple of people just to come read scripture with you. And you're gonna feel completely inadequate. And guess what? In yourself, you might be inadequate, but it is a step of faith to do this. You're not gonna get it perfect, but the Holy Spirit, as we see with Stephen, will fill in the gaps. He will work in and through you in that. It is a step of faith to do the work of God because we can't do it on our own, but he will. The last thing I would tell you is this. I'm encouraging you and charging you, ask and then act. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 28.1 that the righteous are as bold as lions. Guess what? If you're in Christ, you are righteous. Psalm 138.3 says, when I called on you, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me or gave me courage. I want you to understand that God has promised to give you courage, wisdom, and more of his spirit. He has promised that when we ask, we seek, we knock, that we will find, that he will give. He tells us that if we ask for more of his Holy Spirit, he's gonna give it. If you ask for wisdom, he's gonna give it. If we cry out to him, he emboldens us. So what I would tell you is this, ask and then act. Ask and then act. Don't wait on a feeling, a goosebump, an emotion. Don't wait on a sign. You know why? Because you have the word of God that tells you, if you ask, he gives. And sometimes it's in the, 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 the step before the feeling comes. When the Israelites were gonna cross the Jordan River, it did not part until their feet went into the water. And sometimes we just have to step knowing this is what God said. If I'll step, if I'll just get up to courage and I'll step, then God works and God moves. And sometimes you might feel foolish 
Sometimes you might really look foolish, but you know what might happen? You might feel like I'm an idiot on the inside, but you know what? God is smiling. Not because you got it all right, but just because you trusted him enough to step. We need to just have our eyes opened. Our senses come alive. When we come to Christ, we come alive. That means our senses are redeemed. We can hear the voice of the Lord. We can see differently. We hear differently. The Bible even says that when we declare the gospel, it's an aroma to the world. We taste the goodness of God. All of this comes to life. But are our eyes open? Our ears open for opportunity? I'm going to end with this. So, I met a young man actually at 180 Fitness and have a lot of opportunity to just share and talk to people there. It's one of the places I can go where I'm around folks who aren't safe because when I'm here, typically, I hope most of the people are safe, right? They're on our staff. Um, Still working on Chase, but we'll get there. Um, And so... Anyway, I meet him and he's like, hey, I'd like to come talk to you about some business stuff. I'm like, sure. He's like, I'd just like to ask you some stuff about leadership and that kind of thing. I'm like, sure, that'd be great. Let's let's, just set up a time. So we're working towards that. But in the meantime, this young girl who works with him had a car accident, actually wrecked his car. And so there began to be some questions more than just business, but towards some spiritual things. And so I was like, yeah, let's meet. So he brings her with him. We sit down the first time. We're just talking, and they're asking questions about some business stuff, some spiritual stuff. And as we're talking, um, I just tried to encourage them. And I said, I tell you guys what, why don't you go and read the Gospel of Mark? I like to have people read that first because it cuts through all the genealogies and, and all this stuff. It's just right to the point, right, really simple. I said, why don't you guys go read the Gospel of Mark? I said, I don't want you to get hung up on things you don't understand. All I want you to do is look for what Jesus says and what Jesus does. Because if we can understand Jesus, then we can understand what God is like. I said, so go read the Gospel of Mark. And they're like, okay. Problem was, no Bibles. So I went to Jordan. I'm like, hey, man, we got any Bibles? Like, I know we got some somewhere. And he was like, here, just take this one. And he hands me one off his shelf. And I go into my office. And I'm like, all right, here's one. And I took one off my shelf. I said, here, here's, here's Bibles. And so they go. We come back. And we're meeting the next time. And we're sitting there. And he's got a little bit of Bible background. She grew up in an atheist home where everything was science. There was no belief in God. No, no, there was not to be any talk of God. And we're sitting there, and I'm like, all right, y'all want to read through Mark a little bit together? And he's like, sure. And he kind of starts, you, you, know, you know what it is. And this is so precious to me. This is awesome to me. I love the opportunity. But you know when people like don't, and y'all see this in church, you know when people don't know and they're just kind of like this? Like, oh, God, please help me find it. You know what I mean? Well, he's kind of doing that, and I look over at her, and she's just sitting there kind of staring at it. And finally, she looks up at me, and she says, I have no idea where to start. I said, good. I said, that's all right. So let me hold that Bible. So I, I turned to Mark, and I put it back in front of her. I said, don't ever apologize for not knowing. You don't have to be embarrassed by that here. 
And so we sit there and we start going through the gospel of Mark. It was incredible. They're asking me these questions. I'm like, really good questions. And we get to the passage where it says that when Jesus was baptized, that he came up out of the water and he heard the father speak over him. This is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. And ever since I'd met them and I would look at this young girl, the one thing in my heart for her is I just want her to know how much she's loved. I want her to know how much she's loved. And it gave me opportunity to say that to her. And as we began to talk about that in Christ, we're not only forgiven, but we become the beloved of God. That no matter what your past says, or even what people in your life have said, that you are the beloved. You are a daughter, a son of God. And as we talked through that, tears just began to stream down her eyes, mascara everywhere. And it was such an incredible thing. And he often asked me, why would you do this? I'm like, what? Why would you take this time with us? Like, why? What is it that makes you do that? And what I told him is opportunity. Opportunity. I said, what you need to realize is you matter. And you matter to God. And it's an opportunity for me to help you know him and know him better. Nothing better than that. I leave so fired up from those meetings, man. And if you haven't ever experienced just the simplest of things like that, then God wants to use you. You don't have to be a pastor. You just have to be available. And that's my prayer for us. So I want to pray. And John's coming out, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank you for a great day today. Every day is great, Lord, because your mercies are new. Thank you that you give us what we don't deserve, and you don't give us what we do. Lord, as we leave this building, let us remember that you are with us. We have your spirit. We have your word that we can do the things you've called us to. Let's have open eyes to see the opportunities you put before us and embolden us, God, to step into those. We love you in Jesus' name, amen.